You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. As a boy growing up, and even as a husband, and sometimes the Spirit of God, and you know, it's just some, we're just so full of pride. Now, I'm not going to, you know, I'm okay. But God sends people into our life to warn us. Sometimes we don't even know that that person is there, but we see the warning. For example, years and years ago, a couple called my wife and I. I don't believe we had children. We may have. And they said, we've got tickets to Candlestick Park, and we want you to go with us. It was a hot, hot day, over 100 degrees. And we were sitting way down below and it seemed like everybody was pulling their clothes off, men and women. Little to my knowledge, about four rows behind me was one of the good men in our church. And he said, I've had it with Christianity. I'm going with the guys from work. And he sat and watched me. And it was just the grace of God that I undoubtedly kept a testimony because he said, every time a woman would walk past you to go leave, to go get some, something to drink, you'd turn your head. She was dressed so immodestly. I've often thought, what had I not turned my head? Yeah. Years ago, years ago, 35 years ago, I walked into a pizza shop over here, and I was getting a pizza. And I was there. Uh, I didn't realize it, but one of our faithful men who had been saved, busy in our church, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, was going around the corner to sit with the guys, and apparently they served beer back there. And decided that I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get drunk today. At, he told me years later, he said, I heard your voice. said, I'm here for a pickup for a pizza order. He said, Pastor, God sent you to warn me. And those illustrations, yes, was my life warning someone else. But I wonder how many times through a preacher, I wonder how many times next week I'm going to be warned the preachers that preach on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, our preacher that kicks it off next Sunday night, I wonder how he's going to warn me about my Bible, about my prayer life, about sin, about my pride. I'm going to be warned, I guarantee it. I believe every time that God speaks through his word, he speaks to us directly. I believe, kids, your mother or your father that speaks to you, you ought to give heed to their advice. Listen to their advice. Listen to their warning. How silly it is that we would say, I don't need help. This church is going to receive a warning. We've seen it in chapter 1 and 2. Now we find ourselves in chapter number 2, verse number 4. And I'm speaking today on the subject just simply this. When warning a confused church, just warning a confused. This, this apostle Paul is warning this church. And he says in verse number two, and this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. And I want you to see a warning comes first with a caution. And the caution is, be careful that you do not become beguiled. 
Beguiled is an athletic term. It's found in verse 18 as well, that we should not be beguiled. It's when the umpire disqualifies you. Uh, you're in first base and you uh, inhibit the runner to run through the bag and you've got it so he can't hit first. You, you have been disqualified. They'll either throw you in, in basketball. Uh, you, get a, you get a technical foul. They generally will let you in. But after two, you cannot stay in. You are thrown from the game. You throw a punch, you are thrown from the game because you get disqualified. And God says through Paul to this church, beware lest you get disqualified. Beware lest this umpire has to call you out. What, what disqualifies you? Watch what he says. Lest any man should disqualify you, beguile you with enticing words, pervasive, persuasive words. You, you, tomorrow, work. you went to church? You listen to some guy yell at you? You gave money? You think you're better than us? Those are enticing words. They're beguiling you. They're, they're, they're trying to cause those words to get you out of the game. I think you'd be more respected if you said, yeah, I shot up this week. This weekend, I got high. Uh, boy, we had a lot of weed this weekend. Boy, were we drunk. My goodness. That's more respected than I went to church. You did what? You gotta be kidding me. Oh yes, I went back Sunday night too. I was in Sunday school and I gave money. And I loved it, I made decisions for God. God says that if we're not careful, people around us will use enticing words. Well that church, well that God, well that religion. You hear a lot, it's a religion of hate. No, that book right there is full of for God so loved the world. Here in his love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us and he gave himself a propitiation for our sin. He was the substitute, he took our place. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owe a debt I cannot pay. I needed someone to take and wash my sins away. And the caution he gives, beware, pay attention, listen, be careful. The illustration, this is what Satan did to Adam and Eve. He, he used enticing words. Uh, he used the word of doubt. And then they came and he came and he said, hath God said. God, did he really say that? Well, their answer should have been, yes, he did. And Satan then used a lie, not only his doubt, but he, uh, ye shall not surely die. That's a lie. People think we can get away with, we can name other, everybody else's sin because we're probably not doing this, uh, drunkenness. You know, it's a, it's a uh, disease. No, it's, it's a sin. You say, well, I only had one beer. Well, how many does it take you to get drunk? You say, I don't know. And by the way, I don't know. But he said, let's say, uh, for, for the sake of statistics, it, it takes 10 beers for me to get drunk. Well, if I drink one, I'm one-tenth drunk. You shouldn't be driving a car if you're one-tenth drunk. You should not be trying to discipline your children or help your family or whatever if you're drunk, one-tenth. I'm only one-tenth drunk. Well, how, how drunk did you get disqualified? No, God says that we're to avoid these temptations. And people do it through enticing words. I'll guarantee it, there are people that want you out of God's house. I'll guarantee it. 
I guarantee it, there are people that on a, on a literally a daily basis are trying to disqualify your pastor, say, okay, he, he's just a hypocrite, he's just this, he's just that. And they can say that, and it wounds and it hurts. But beware, the caution is to beware, he said, uh, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. So there's a caution. When your mother tells you something to caution, then you better be cautious. When your dad says something to you to be cautious, you'll be cautious. What happens? You get disqualified. Not only do we see a caution, it's amazing. Here's something for us to learn about discipline. Whether it's you're the boss of the corporation, or whether, whether you're leading a family, everything cannot be, no, 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 you're bad, you're wrong. You're no good. Years ago, a book was written, The One-Minute Manager. You've probably read it. And we're going to just check the air and make sure it's on and moving, fellas. But, uh, but, but, um, but, but the one-minute manager says, praise, rebuke, praise. If you're dealing with someone in your work tomorrow and, uh, and that person has been failing in this job, uh, you don't start, you know what? You're about the dumbest employee I've ever had. No, you see, you know, we're, 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 and you can't lie, but if it's, we're, we're, we're blessed to have you here. Thank you for showing up on time. You're always here. But perhaps then you can, after you've praised, you can discipline. Here's something we want to deal with today. And don't lose control. And then end it up with praise. That's what Paul does in this next verse. It's, we see a caution, we see a compliment. Some of you parents, it cannot be down, 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 down on your kids. Some of you men, it can't be down, down, down on your wife. Some of you ladies, down, down, down on my husband. He's a, he's a nut. Look at this verse. It's a powerful verse. Verse number, verse number five. For though I be absent, Paul was not there. He never got to this church. He just kept writing to them. Yet I am with you in the spirit. And he says, here's what you do for me. Join and beholding one, your order. The word order deals with arrangement or dignity. You're, you're, you're good people. You're a great church. I, I love you. I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for you. He wasn't happy that they had been beguiled and got these false religions with the religion of God. But, but he said, I'm, 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 you, you bring happiness to my heart. Every day is a great day for me. But for me, when I get to see you on Sunday, it brings such joy. You know, this world and life is so negative. I go to bed at night sometimes thinking, God, it's all day long I've been dealing with difficulties. I come, we come in here this morning and I hear that choir and those yeah. orchestra pianists and, and instrumentals play that opening song and play that choir song and hear these men sing, walk on and hear that, we'll talk it over. Uh, I, it took me back to the 50s when my mother and dad would sing that in church. I can remember my dad always throwing his little arm around my mother and they'd sing that duet, we'll talk it over. In the by especially in the 60s, they'd sing that song. Hey, I want to tell you something. God's people are the best. Don't come to me and tell me, well, a bunch of hypocrites. Well, we could have one more. Come on. 
A, 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 a church is not a museum for dead saints. A, Christ, a, 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 a church is a hospital. We're all sick. And most of us have lost our mind, but we're having a good time. And he said, you just bring such joy to me. Look what he says here in, in verse number five. Beholding your order, your dignity. There's a dignity about the things of God. And the steadfastness anchored. You're firm. You're a good church. He gives them a compliment. He gives them a caution. Then he gives them a challenge. Therefore, if you receive Christ Jesus, so walk in him. That's the praise. That's the, that's the rebuke of the praise, the rebuke, and he's back to praising them. And now he's back to rebuking them. He said, I want you to know you have received Christ. Wait a minute. Were these people, think of that verse. Were they saved? Were they born again? Did they know Jesus Christ as their Savior? Was heaven their home? Were they saved? Yes, they were. And he says that in verse number seven, verse number six. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Walk is seizing the opportunities that God sends your way on the pathway of life. What is God sending your way? Maybe someone tomorrow that's very sad. Well, when we're walking with God, we'll take look, uh, notice of their countenance. I probably shouldn't know, let you know this, but I'll let you know it. When, when we sing here, the heaven came down with that first song, I, I just always perused the auditorium. And I, I always looked at where you're seated. I take a roll in my, my mind and generally write down the people that are absent for some reason. I went, you know, maybe it's legitimate, maybe sick. But I always watch. And I never want to be hurtful to my people. But I watch this person that normally sings. They're not singing. So I'm not going to preach. You know what? Some of you folks, you don't sing. What's wrong with you? That's probably not what you need. Maybe you had a real reversal this week. And it's just absorbing your mind. Financial reversal, marriage, a child, a loss of a job, an accident, a surgery. I don't know what goes on. Just because a person sings doesn't mean they're wicked. But it does alert a pastor something's going on. A pastor is always alerted when people start moving around. And I know that happens in a place that you're just looking for places, but we normally have our spot, and I look for you in your spot, and it's no problem. But when they begin to move from the front row to the back, I always know something's going on. When I used to hear, amen, and then I don't see it or hear it anymore, I know something's going on. When I see that there was a radiance at one time and now there's a disregard, it doesn't make me mad. These, these people, get rid of them. I've heard it sometimes, someone might leave our church and someone will say, well, at least we got rid of them. They were so negative. As a shepherd, be like a mother. I never feel that way. It wounds me. I'll drive by. I'll drive by making visits or going to places, and I'll drive by. I remember they used to come. Lord, I don't know what's going on in their life, but please protect them and bless them. My God is not to have anger toward the sheep. 
And your job's not to have anger toward your children or toward your mate or to your coworkers, to your laborers, and always try to narcissistic control everything in life. Oh, I know there's certain, I know I've been given responsibility according to the word of God. I'm to oversee this assembly, the Bible says. I'm gonna give an account for this assembly. I need to warn God's people and preach God's, I know that. But friend, if it's all just rule and regulation and there's no heart in this thing, you're gonna have a lot of rules as long as you love the people. And if you love your children. And by the way, God didn't have a lot of rules. He said you can govern an entire nation with 10 rules. 10, uh, the 10 commandments. So I see in this text, he, he's given them a caution. He's given them a compliment and he's given him a challenge. Walk in him, you choose. That's what he said, walk with God, you choose. Lastly, I want you to see in verse number seven, I see three different thoughts in seven. I see agriculture, I see uh, architectural design, and I see academics. The first one is agriculture. You see it there. Rooted. We're walking in God's so says get rooted. That's what you do with the plant. Many of us, I, I, I personally, I love gardening. I, I enjoy it, don't have a lot of time for it, but I, I love planting flowers. I love watching them grow. I love fertilizing them and getting the different colors. I, I love trimming the trees trimming the bushes, it's just, I love the garden, it's relaxing. I love mowing the lawn, and trimming, it's just, it's, for me, it's enjoyable. Amen. But when I plant, in January, it was raining so much, and I saw rain was coming. And about four o'clock in the afternoon, I, day before, I bought all these plants, and I had them on the side of the house for the front yard area. I said, if I get them in before the rain, they're going to root and they'll grow and they'll look good by pastor's conference. Now, I know that's pride. But, but and so I bought the 20 bags of, of, of manure and fresh dirt and mixed it all up and put it in there, let it set for a few days. And, and then um, give the cats in the neighborhood a place to sort of hang out for a few days. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I know we're cat lovers here, but those cats in my neighborhood that go wild, they don't like me and I don't like them. <laughs> I saw two in the backyard the other day and I opened the door slowly and they stop. And I start going like this and they start going like this. <laughs> and we play a game with one another. And <laughs> I'm not hurting them. I would not kill them. I would not hit them with a rock but I always act like I'm picking up a rock. The stones I have are like this big. I could not even throw one. So I'll go like this. And they start running every time. It's wonderful. One day they're all gonna attack me. <laughs> I mean, they see me coming and it's like, freeze, he's here. The raccoons in the backyard do the same thing. And the skunk, I just live a few blocks from here. I, I've got, we have a party every night with raccoons and skunks and cats and they hang out together. Unbelievable. But rooted, I'd get those, I got that dirt in there and then I put some uh, fertilizer in there, let it set. 
about two days later, it was four o'clock, I came, came home early that day, and, and it's so easy to dig. Man, the rain was coming. And it was going to take me about two hours to get it all in, maybe an hour and a half, and the rain started coming. Bice kept working. I would dig with my hands because it was so fresh dirt. I'd, I'd pull the dirt out, laid them all out in a circle where they're supposed to go, and the other ones in the middle. And I start in the middle and got those in, and then got them around the outside edge. And then I'd, I'd always take it, I was rooting them. And, and then I'd break up the bulb all the time at the base of it. Take them out and break it up. And then I'd put it in there. And I'd press it down. And then I'd press the, the, all the dirt around it. And then most of the time I'll take my foot and press it down. Why? Because I want it to get rooted. And they automatically come back up. And that's what God says, Jack Treber, and he says to this church, I want you to get rooted. I want you to get some depth to your life. Christianity is not Sunday morning, that's it. It's daily in the word of God. It's daily in prayer. What does that do? It roots you. You say, well, I don't go for that. I'm 22 years of age, and I kind of want to see what the world has to offer. Can I tell you, I've been 22. I've been 44. I've been 66. We'll stop right there. That's 22 times 3. And I want to tell you something. This world out here offers you nothing compared to what God can offer you. He's our life. You, you just, well, I just got to sample it. I feel like I've been so sheltered. Thank God you've been sheltered by his grace. And so the agricultural term is get rooted. And then he says, what's the next thought? Architectural, built up. Built up. I believe it's Intel over here because they're on the fourth floor of their steel. I've been watching that steel go up. It just, it's incredible. The overpass over here, $75 million on Trimble. I've been watching that. By, I just go by. I love to go that way. Sometimes say, well, it's a little bit longer. The traffic is, I love it. I love it when it's slow. I get to watch. I get to see it. And I got it all timed out when, when this should be done and when they should. Oh, it's exciting. But you know what I found out about architecture, this building especially? I think of the old building that we haven't filled this morning, about four blocks away with the buses and with the Spanish ministry. It's 66,000 square feet. I can recall the men of the church for two years, we built that. We worked, I put blue jeans on every day of my life, except for Wednesday night church and Sunday morning, Sunday night, making hospital visits. I put a suit on going out some soul winning, but it was every day of my life, blue jeans. Wednesday night after church, the men knew, leave blue jeans in your trunk because if we failed an inspection, we're going out to redig. We dug and dug the foundation. The back of that where it was a gym and now it's classrooms and a two-story. The, the, the back of the property slopes. And so that had to be deeper. And so you went down, 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 and down. I'm six foot tall. It was one foot above my head, the foundation. And we already had rebar, square rebar in there that we put in there after we dug it out. And we failed the inspection. You couldn't get a tractor in there. 
but you had to wedge yourself down in that hole and take a shovel and now up here, this dirt here is right here and you're at the base of that. Had to, they said, I want it dug out a little bit more and a little bit deeper, two inches here, an inch and a half over here. And we went down in, you know why we had to make sure there was a good foundation? Because a superstructure was gonna go up 34 feet. And we went down so we can go up. We got rooted agriculturally, rooted, so a superstructure over there could be built. This building here has so many huge, Brother John would tell you more than I could tell you, huge footings out here, huge steel, different parts where these beams are, huge big holes and a lot of uh, rebar, a lot of concrete, all of that because it's gonna go up. Your Christian life, my Christian life, ought not only go down, it should be going up. We should not be walking around like this. We should be built up in the faith. Look what he says, not only are we agriculturally rooted and architecturally built as ye have been taught. That's academically. You go to school so you'll be taught. And God says through Paul to this church, it's so important not only to be rooted and built up, but be taught. You, you've learned that Jesus Christ is the only answer. But you people are merging together, he said, God's and the God. You've not been taught that. You've not been taught rebellion in your home. You say, well, I have. Well, well then you have to learn a different foundation. You can't build upon a foundation of bitterness and hatred and unkind deeds and malice and carrying ill will. Well, you just have to understand that's the way, that's the way our family does things. I'm a German. That's just the way Germans do things. We hold it in. We act like we're happy, but we're not. That's not Christianity. That's feigning, the Bible said ourselves. That's fraud. That's faking it. And a lot of times I find people say, okay, well, I want to have a discussion with you about this, Pastor. No, you don't need a discussion with me. You need a discussion with God. A lot of things where I see people getting offended and upset, normally I leave it alone because I can't change it. And I just pray that in time, things will change. Sometimes I don't confront it purposely because it's an amazing thing what time can do. And then they'll start saying, I wonder if you even knew. <laughs> I knew. And so God tells us here, this confused church, I want you to listen to this. I'm, I'm warning you. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the Bible says, but the end thereof is death. Judas thought this looked good. Judas thought he could sell Jesus for the price of a slave, 30 pieces of silver. But the ending of his life was death. Ahithophel in the Bible, a cabinet member of the king's cabinet, 
thought it looked good to do this. But because his counsel was rejected, he went out and hung himself. In the Bible, Absalom thought this was good, but he ended his life in death being hung at an oak tree with his hair. Achan thought it was good to get this, this, this wedge. He thought it was good to get this money, get this possession, get this, I'm going to get it. But it ended up that he died and his family watched him be stoned. Gehazi thought this was good, but he ended in death. Jonadab said it's good. Amnon, you go ahead and make yourself like you're sick and you're half-sister, you go ahead and do with you what you want with her, and you can take advantage of her. But the end thereof was death for not only those around him, but eventually for Absalom, who decided how to teach his brother how to kill. Saul, in the Old Testament, it looks so good. I'm going to do what I want to do. But the end on Mount Gilboa he died. And that mount, God says, nothing will grow on it. And to this day, nothing grows on that mountain. Why? There is a pipe paycheck. And when you and I get warned and warned and warned from the Word of God, from parents, from teachers, from aged men and aged women, Titus 2, and you get warned and warned and we reject, there's always destruction. I'm thankful I pastor a church that you allow me to warn you. And as I warn you, I'm warning myself. And I'd suggest today that we listen. Your wife says, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like the way you talk to that person. And sir, instead of welling up with pride, what do you think I am? Something wrong with me? That's pride. When God sends you a good woman, she warns you, you better listen. God sends you a good husband who is not perfect. I only know of one man in this auditorium that's perfect. That's my wife. She doesn't know him, but I do. Uh, None of us are perfect. But when God sends you a husband to warn you, you better listen. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.